Hi everyone and welcome to Truth Over News. A new study puts the odds of COVID-19 being a natural virus at less than 1 in 100 million. While there have been many studies and investigations into the origin of the pandemic, including on this show, the new study does not rely on any of those previous findings pointing to a lab origin. Instead, the study developed an entirely new methodology to take a completely fresh look at the most important evidence we have, the genetic makeup of the COVID virus. While it was widely accepted that with the availability of seamless genetic engineering techniques, lab viruses do not have fingerprints of manipulation, the new study ingeniously uses statistical analysis to compare COVID-19 and other lab-made viruses to viruses recovered in the wild. The results are overwhelmingly one-sided. COVID-19 looks a lot like other lab-made viruses and not at all like wild viruses. It's correct. You can do it without leaving a signature, yes. We're using any of the uh, three or four different approaches for coronaviruses that were developed by different researchers. Uh, you can leave no trace that it was made in a laboratory. If you're asking about intent, or whether the virus existed beforehand would only be within the records of the Institute of Virology in Wuhan. That was Ralph Barrick, one of the pioneers of stitching together viruses in a lab. What Barrick was pointing out is that with a seamless genetic engineering technology, you can cut up and stitch viruses back together without leaving a trace. At the time, in 2020, Barrick therefore concluded that the answer to the origin of the pandemic can only be found in the records of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Well, it now turns out that the answer might be found elsewhere as well. At least that is the conclusion put forward by three scientists, Valentin Brittle, Alex Washburn and Tony Van Dongen, who just published a new study that uses a novel methodology to make these invisible seams detectable. To understand what Barrick means by seamless technology and how the new study overcame the invisibility problem, we need to first look at the genetic information from which viruses are built and understand how that genetic information is manipulated in a lab. Let's take the COVID virus as an example. Its genetic information is contained in 30,000 base pairs of RNA nucleotides. Nucleotides are the building blocks of genetic information. We all remember from biology class that there are four types of nucleotides, A, T, C, and G. These nucleotides pair up with one another to form long strands of code. In the case of COVID, this strand is 30,000 nucleotides long. In other words, there is a 30,000 long sequence of A's, T's, C's, and G's. To put this in context, the human genome comprises 3.2 billion of such base pairs. To be very exact, there are slight differences between virus RNA and DNA in other living organisms, but that is not important for our purposes. In fact, scientists who build viruses in labs use DNA, which is more stable than RNA, and then feed that DNA into bacteria which build the RNA viruses. So back to our 30,000 long sequence of A's, T's, C's and G's. 
It's not possible to assemble the entire virus in one go, which is why labs split the 30,000 long sequence into multiple parts, which are then stitched together in long sequences needed to build viruses. A sequence of 30,000 might be split into six or seven parts. The recent experiment at Boston University is an example of this technique. Researchers created a COVID-19 variant that killed 80% of mice it was tested on by using the backbone of the ancestral SARS-CoV-2 virus and replacing its spike gene with that from the Omicron variant. In layman's terms, they cut COVID variants into different parts and then stuck them back together to form a sort of Frankenstein's monster of the COVID-19 virus. It's the stitching or cutting locations, depending on whether you're cutting up the virus or putting it back together, that are the key to the new study. As Barrick explained, these locations look just like ordinary genetic code, hence they look completely seamless. A common stitching or cutting location, for instance, is CGTCTC, which is just normal genetic code. We're not suddenly seeing any new letters or anything like that. On top of that, stitching or cutting sites are natural occurrences that are found in all SARS viruses. It's the fact that they occur naturally which allowed scientists to cut apart virus sequences in the first place. Now, the cutting is not done with any mechanical tool. We're talking about submicroscopic scales here. But there are biological tools called enzymes which do the job for us. And specific enzymes cut specific chunks of genetic code, again, such as CGTCTC. And here's where the authors of the new study had a brilliant idea. They looked at which enzymes are most commonly used. These happen to include the ones which were being used by the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We know this because fortunately the Wuhan lab spent the years prior to the pandemic bragging about its biotechnological prowess by putting out numerous publications. Those publications detailed how the Wuhan lab created viruses and, importantly, what enzymes they used. The authors of the new study then plotted on a chart where the cutting points for those commonly used enzymes are located within the 30,000 base pairs that make up COVID's genetic code. They did the same thing for other pre-pandemic lab-made viruses whose genetic codes can be found in gene databases. Lastly, they also plotted the locations of those same cutting points for non-lab-made wild viruses, again using existing databases. The results were astounding, although not surprising. The cutting sites for two different enzymes are marked by the orange and green dots. Each line represents a different virus. Now, it's pretty obvious that all viruses that these scientists looked at have these sites all over the place. But if you look only at the top two lines, which represent the COVID-19 virus, you'll see that the sites are in fairly regularly spaced locations. You'll also see that there are no random dots just sprinkled all over the place, like with the wild viruses below. And that is the key to what Brittle, Washburn and Van Dongen discovered. If it was left to chance, the top two should look similar to all the other ones, but they don't. 
Not only are there clearly defined segments which signify the segments put together in a lab, but the absence of randomly sprinkled cutting sites is equally important as scientists who make viruses in labs need to remove such sites or else the enzyme will cut across the RNA in places that are not supposed to be cut. So both the presence and absence of cutting sites is crucial. In wild viruses without any engineering pattern, we'd expect and indeed see cutting sites randomly distributed across the virus's code. In lab-made viruses, we see a pattern of relatively evenly spacing and no random cutting sites in the middle of segments. Now, this would be pretty impressive on its own, but the authors of the new study did more. They compared the length of the longest segment on wild viruses to the longest segment on lab-made viruses. The result again points to a lab origin. The longest segments on wild viruses are far longer than any found on lab-made viruses, including on COVID-19. In fact, the longest segments on lab-made viruses were found to be unusually short. The two pink and purple dots that are higher up denote the longest segments found on two natural viruses. The two squares that are lower down denote the longest segments of those same two viruses after they were manipulated in a lab. There's a huge difference of about 75%. This fits perfectly with the fact that genetically engineered viruses require scientists to use several shorter segments which are then glued together. Natural viruses are not glued together and thus the interval between cutting sites or the length of segments is randomly determined and may include very short or very long segments. Brutal, Washburn and Van Dongen estimate that, depending on which enzymes were used, the odds that COVID-19 arose naturally lie between 1 in 100 and 1 in 1,400. However, this estimate only factors in the distribution of cutting sites. The authors also observed a concentration of mutations within the cutting sites that was extremely unlikely in wild coronaviruses and nearly universal in lab-made viruses. Their estimate of a natural origin drops to 1 in 100 million if those mutations are factored in. When considering additional criteria, such as the fact that the sticky ends where the viruses are glued back together all happen to fit perfectly, the authors estimate that the chances of a natural origin are even smaller than that. While the study concludes that COVID was made in a lab using common methods for assembling viruses, the authors dismiss the bioweapons angle and do not speculate on which lab the virus escaped from. While this new study is extremely compelling, it has not been universally accepted, which is not surprising given the rabid pushback any lab leak paper gets from Fauci-funded scientists. In fact, Fauci's lead pitbull scientist, Christian Anderson, the man who co-authored the fraudulent proximal origin paper under Fauci's tutelage, has already vented his anger against the new study and its authors in an ad hominem attack on Twitter. Anderson infamously privately told Fauci that COVID-19 looked engineered, while publicly pushing the natural origin narrative. In the weeks ahead, there may be other forms of less vitriolic pushback from less dishonest scientists.
Time will tell whether this study is the big breakthrough it looks to be, but it does appear that we now have a very promising path for proving the origin of COVID-19 without the need for Chinese Communist Party cooperation. Notably, the study does not in any way rely on or even factor in the many pieces of evidence for a lab leak which have already emerged, such as the unique and unusual furin cleavage site which makes COVID-19 so virulent, or the fact that the pandemic just happened to start on the doorsteps of the world's premier lab for coronavirus experiments. Lastly, as ingenious as the new methodology is, we will sadly not be able to use it in future in case bad actors create other deadly viruses. That is because the cat is now out of the bag. Knowing about this study, future virus creators can randomly sprinkle a few cutting sites across their finished viruses and cover their tracks. But at least we might finally get definitive proof that COVID-19 came out of a lab. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Truth Over News.